Hello and welcome back to Pop Culture Cold Takes. Today we are going to talk about the Netflix show Unorthodox. Esther Shapiro is a Haredi woman from Williamsburg, New York. When she escapes from her unhappy marriage to Germany, the rabbi sends her husband Yanki and his cousin Moisha to get her to return to the community. Unorthodox follows Esty as she tries to start a new life in Berlin and also Yanki and Moisha on their mission to convince her to return. There are also many flashbacks to Esty's past in the community which tells the story of how she came to escape in the first place. I really liked this series. The story really makes you feel for Esty and takes us through the experience of being a housewife in an orthodox Jewish community. I also really like how all the characters have real motivations and everyone acts like real people. Sure, they are in a restrictive community and some of the characters don't really mind living there, but they also love and care for their family members even though they might not support the decisions that they make. For example, at one point Esty calls her grandmother in distress and she refuses to talk to her. Later, the grandmother is visibly in pain and stress because of the decision. Yes, she loves the community more than her granddaughter, but that is a position which actually causes her distress. It is not a decision taken lightly and she is not an automaton for the group. The actress who plays Esty also does a really good job with the role. In Williamsburg, women are not allowed to express emotions too openly and so her performance is really subdued in many of the scenes. But we are still able to understand what it is that she is feeling just by looking at her face. There are also some very emotional scenes in which she really shines through. All of this is to say that she really deserved her Emmy Award. Yanki Shapiro is one of the most interesting characters in the series, in my opinion, because he really is a good man who behaves in some very bad ways. While in Williamsburg, Yanki acts like an entitled ass for most of the time. He believes that his wife owes him a child and sees it as her failure that she does not conceive even a year into the marriage. Basically, he sees ST as a baby machine which does not function properly. And then there's also the time he basically rapes Esty because they have not had sex even months after their marriage. So yeah, model husband. But when Esty disappears, he seems to be concerned for her safety to a much larger degree than the others in the community. And he consistently takes the next extreme path when he and Moisha are in Berlin. He really seems to love Esty, but the society around him has just not taught him the right way to express it. He learns a little bit about how to treat a woman from the people he meets in Berlin. When someone tells him that he should just ask Esty if she wants to go home with him, that really seems to give him a new perspective. Yankee acts like he does in Williamsburg because he has not been taught a better way by the people around him. All this is not to excuse him raping his wife, but just to suggest that this is an example of why we should teach young boys about consent and help them develop a better idea of masculinity for themselves. Yankee's cousin Moisha though is a complete asshole. Like one of the first things he does even before he reaches Berlin is to arrange for a gun. 
Moisha also does a lot of illegal things while in Germany. He is also almost constantly breaking the rules of the community. He smokes, he gambles quite a lot and he has a smartphone which is not allowed according to the rules in the community. I mean they really don't know how those things work. I say this because the first thing that Yangi does is scream at Moisha's phone about his wife. So yeah, they don't have smartphones in Williamsburg. Moisha is also kind of scary throughout the season because there is a real sense that he is kind of unstable and unpredictable. But it should be noted that he joins the search hunt really for ST at the behest of the rabbi, not because he wanted to. You see, Moisha ran away from Williamsburg sometime in the past and the rabbi offers him the right to have a family if he can su successfully bring back ST. As much as I hate Moisha, that is a kind of manipulative thing to do, restricting access to your family if he does not do what was asked of him. And I think this ties really well to my next point about the manipulation going on all around and the effect that this has on the characters that we see on screen. Regardless of what I think of the people inside the Williamsburg community as seen in the show, I should acknowledge that they are all, to a certain extent, under the influence of the group. For those on the inside, the tactics are much more soft touch. There is the comfort of large gatherings, the references during everyday life to the Holocaust and Jewish history in general, and the love and affection shown towards conforming members of the community. There is basically the carrot of the community's acceptance and the stick of the horrors that will befall you in the outside world. The Talmud and Torah are constantly quoted to reinforce the rules. So questioning the rules automatically becomes questioning God himself. And then there are the restrictions that community members face in accessing information from the outside world. The internet and smartphones are not allowed. We also see later in the series that the story that Esti was told about her mother was not really accurate. But her mother is kept away from her. They are only allowed limited interactions always in the presence of chaperones. This leads ST to believe that her mother abandoned her, for which she hates her. All in all, we see a group that uses their influence to do their bidding in the outside world, controls every aspect of its members' lives, controls the access to the truth from the outside world and sends members to hunt down and intimidate ex-members. This all sounds an awful lot like a cult, doesn't it? So I thought, let's see if the Haredi set, as shown in the show, meets the criteria of a cult. Now I should tell you before all this that this analysis will be based exclusively on information from the show. I have no other resources about Orthodox Jewish communities, whether in Williamsburg or elsewhere. In fact, I have not met a single Jewish person in my entire life. Having said that, let's get into it, shall we? There are basically eight main characteristics of a cult. They are a charismatic leader, ideological purity, conformity and control, mind-altering practices, isolation and love bombing, apocalyptic thinking and demanding large investments of time and energy. We will now look at these in depth and look at how these characteristics apply to the Haridi sect as seen in the show. First, we have a charismatic leader. This is a person, dead or alive, whose teachers 
whose teachings are considered of the highest importance, who is considered a genius or a religious figure, like a messiah or a prophet. In the show, we see Yankee and Moesha visit and pray at the tomb of one of their founders. We also see that the rules which these people designed are treated as above criticism. So, I think that the founding rabbis of the Haredi cult movement, sorry, fit into this mold. But of course, it is not a crystal clear distinction, so bear that in mind. Next is ideological purity. Members are strongly discouraged from questioning the doctrines and any doubts are met with shame and punishment. This is absolutely true of the Williamsburg community. ST learning to play the piano from one of their tenants is treated by her family and Yankee as if it is some mortal sin. And when ST quotes the Talmud to Yankee to convince him to wait before having sex with her, he shames her for even knowing it in the first place. Even beyond all this, Yankee's response to seeing Moesha break the rules is something between fear and fascination, as if they have been taught as children to not question anything and to fear divine retribution. Cults also often exercise extreme amounts of control on their members, dictating what they can wear, eat and what relationships that they can have. Group members also often police each other. The Haridi group has strict rules on how to dress at different times of the day. Esti is always seen wearing long skirts and covering her head at all times with a scarf or a wig when she is with the group. In fact, the moment when she first removes the wig in Berlin is a moment of liberation for her. Jews in general do not eat pork and this also applies to the Haridi group. There are also limits on alcohol, gambling etc. And they have a very ritualistic way of doing things, even around intimate matters like the time and manner of having sex. Mind-altering practices are another characteristic of cults, which to the best of my knowledge is not seen in the Haridi society. Haridi do, however, cut off contact with the outside world for its members. The most evident example is the case of Esti's mother, who is only able to interact with her child alone after she is a grown woman. It is also notable that Esti is told that her mother abandoned her, a story which later turns out to not be true. The Haredi also seem to practice love bombing, where new initiates are showered with love and praise to bring them closer into the fold, at least as much as a group that is not outward facing can. When Esti runs away, one of the ways Moisha tries to convince her to return is to promise forgiveness for her mistake and acceptance back into their fold. The Haridi also have a lot of us versus them mentality. There is this scene where Esti's grandfather talks about how God punished them whenever Jews try to integrate into society. This makes wider society out to be a boogeyman from whom the good Jew should stay away. We also see that those inside the community do not really like outsiders from the way that they treat their tenants and from the way that Moisha talks about outsiders whom he does not like. The Haridi group does not show apocalyptic thinking in their view of the future as much as their hyper-focus on the atrocities committed against Jews in the past. They hold on to their old ways in dressing, family affairs and beliefs. The entire group remembers and talks about the Holocaust 
and the treatment of Jews on a very routine basis. The main motivation for having children even is to repopulate the 6 million, a reference to the Jews who died during the Holocaust in Germany. Now, this isn't inherently a bad thing, but the sheer frequency of these fallback of these callbacks shows a community obsessed with the apocalypses of its past. When it comes to demands on time and energy and money of its members, the Haredi sect exerts an almost complete control. Most members live within residential communities that are made up almost exclusively of other Haredi families. And there are rules that control almost every ex aspect of a person's existence, especially in the case of women. Women are not allowed to have any activities or interests outside of their home. Even the men of the community generally work with other community members, which limits access to the wider society. All of this is, of course, not to say that the Haredi community in Williamsburg, New York is or is not a cult. I'm only saying that the group, at least as it is shown in this TV show, has strong cultish tendencies. That's all from me, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to subscribe and rate the podcast on your favorite platform. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year and I'll see you all next year. Bye.